Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson, a show all about how to grow your own online business. That's right. Welcome to the show. And if you are tuning into Facebook or your YouTube live, uh, it's great to see you. Do say hi in the comments. Do post your questions. That's the beautiful thing about watching this live. You get to ask your questions to our amazing guests that I get to talk to every week. And this week is no exception. Oh, yes, we have got someone amazing for you from the world of e-commerce, and we're going to get to ask her all kinds of crazy questions, let me tell you. We have a new expert joining us this week, all the way from very, very cold Canada. Uh, we've got Gabriella Rapone, who lives and breathes email marketing and specializes in email marketing for e-commerce businesses. So she is definitely in the right place for us today. I am looking forward to this one. Let me tell you, Gabriella's expertise is in, in, in engagement and opening and clicking and delivering and getting basically emails into the inbox. She's sent in her lifetime, check this out, over 100 million emails. Uh, that's a lot of emails, even by my standards. I'm not going to lie. That's a lot of emails. Uh, Gabby has run and owned her own email service provider for over seven years years and has consulted on brands like As Seen on TV, United Online and Classmates. She is also the author because, you know, it sounds like she's got time to write a book in all of the stuff that she's doing, but she has. She has written a book uh, called Hit the Inbox, which I have I've had the pleasure of reading, let me tell you, and I got some great pointers out of it for my own business. So I know today is going to be fun. Now, I think I've bigged up Gabby enough. Now, in case you don't know, I do a pre-call with all of my guests. I get to meet them and chat with them before the show, right? And uh, Gabby's pre-call was very, well, let's just call it memorable. Um, it was great. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And so I've been looking forward to this one ever since that call finished. All of the notes from today's show will be available as a free download on our website. Just head on over to ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 52, because this is episode 52. Uh, and you can download those for free. They will be on there when the podcast is released, which is a week after we've recorded. Uh, so now without any further ado, let's bring on today's guest. We've got Gabby. Now I'm going to push this button here. Gabby, welcome to the show. Great to see you. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Mads. I am super happy to be on the show. And as you mentioned, our first call was a memorable call. Indeed, it was a, <laughs> it was a great call. So I'm happy to be back here. Yeah, it was good. It was great fun. And I, I, I really appreciate you being with us. Uh, it's, but you're, we were just talking before we came live on air. You're in Canada, Montreal, Canada. And did you say yeah. it was like minus 10 today? That's right. It's a nice minus 10, but it feels like a nice minus 19. So, you know, <laughs> you know, all around, it's, it's a good day. It's a good day yeah, to be it's alive. A, it's, it is a good day to be alive. Uh, and definitely make sure you've got some warm clothing. Yes. Now, are you talking in Celsius or Fahrenheit? Well, we're in Canada. So, yes, we're, we are Celsius. Good. Good. Yeah. I, I just I still can't get my head around Fahrenheit. So, you know, I just wanted to I just wanted to clarify, make sure yeah. I'm on the right scale. 
Yeah, the, the the U.S. always likes to, you know, you know, go to a drum at their, you know, go go to their own beats, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the U.S. can do what they like, but yeah, Canada is like the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, normal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to kickstart everything with our American viewers. I don't mean that disrespectfully, of course. I'm just being no. quintessentially British, making fun of everybody, including <laughs> ourselves, um, which is just what we do, isn't it? So. Uh, so have you been in Canada your whole life? Are you, are you actually Canadian? Have you always been in Montreal? That's right. Yes. Born and raised in Montreal. I used to spend uh, my winters in California for about 15 years, uh, but I stopped doing that about three years ago. And, um, so that's what I used to do. That's the great thing about, you know, working online is, you know, you Mm. don't have to stay here. And, uh, so I have family in California, which which was really amazing to be able to, you know, six months out of the years, you know, enjoy the sun and then come back to Montreal where you get to enjoy the best parts of the East Coast, which is, you know, spring and summer and yep. then escape from fall and winter. Yeah, it sounds it sounds almost like ideal dream, you know, scenario in some respects. Do you I'm just trying to think, do you have like the slopes and stuff around you? Do you do the skiing, the whole skiing thing? You know, I have to say I've never been much of the outdoor, like I'm not much for skiing, not much for snowboarding, you know, I mean, it's cold, you know, who mm-hmm. wants to stay outside? You know, <laughs> definitely not me, but, uh, uh, you know, but, but still, you know, there's something, I will say this, you know, I am 40 years old, but every time it snows, the first thing I will do is put on my, my mother's 1970s. 70 uh, snow pants that I've kept since I was a child, you know, growing up. First thing I'll always do is just go jump in the snow and make a snowman. I'm like, that's one of my favorite things to do. I'm like, I don't care. I'm 40, but it's the one thing I still love to do <laughs> is getting out there, playing like a kid, building snowmans, building snow forts. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing, but it just feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm slightly older than you, Gabby. I'm not going to lie. I would do exactly the same thing if we yeah. actually had snow. I was saying at the weekend, we had about a millimeter of snow uh, and we made the most of it. It may be a few millimeters of snow. We made the most of it. Uh, it lasted <clears throat> lasted for a day and that's it. That's our snow gone for the year. Uh, so <laughs> it, I didn't. Does it shut down the city when it snows that much? Uh, <laughs> no, we're all right at a millimeter. It can, it can, you know, once we hit two or three, that's, that's real okay. problems right there. Um, but it, it always, I mean, to be fair, we didn't, I didn't notice it this year because the whole country is in lockdown, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, had, had it not been in lockdown, there would have been like, you know, the trains would have stopped running, you know, there would have been a national crisis and all that sort of stuff <laughs> that England gets whenever it snows. That's <laughs> just the way it works. It, it always, it reminds me of California. It's so funny when I used to spend my winters in California, you know, the minute it would hit like you know, whatever it is, like 65 degrees or whatever, 70 degrees, right? So it would be the equivalent of like 15, you know, Celsius. The Uggs and the parkas would come out, you know? And I would look at these like women and it's like, you don't, like, you don't know cold. Yeah. You don't know cold if you think 15, degree, 15 Celsius <laughs> is cold. You got you to gotta feel minus, minus 20 to really embrace those Uggs and that parka. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. So, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, uh, it's, you know what, we could trade stories all day long, couldn't we? Uh, yeah. So, um, so let me get this straight. So you have run 
right? It said in the intro there that you've run an email service provider of your own for seven years, right? How in the world did you get into that? Did you just wake up one day and think, I'm just going to set up an email service provider is what I'm going to do today? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. First and foremost, anyone can set up an email service provider. Anyone. You can set one up. Your grandmother can set one up. Anyone can set up an email service provider. Uh, But the way that actually came about was I got started in this industry working at an email service provider back in 2006. Okay. Right. So that's how I got started. Right. That's how I basically understood, you know, the, the mechanics of how everything works, how the back end works. You know, I mean, I had, you know, text next to me for an entire year and um, it was right about my one year anniversary. It was literally one week away from my one year anniversary of working at the ESP and I got fired. Right. No. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get fired for, it had nothing to do with the job. It had nothing to do with my, my work. It had everything to do with, you know, a conflict with management, uh, like anything else. Right. Wow. So I ended up getting fired. So, and at that time I was like, well, you know, why don't I just do what I'm doing for my clients? I can do it for myself. Right. There's, mm-hmm. there's really no difference. And here's the thing with, with an ESP, right. An email service provider, all it is, is basically, um, you know, someone's basically providing a service of sending emails. I basically just had five of my own servers that I basically ran and managed. And I kept those same five servers over and over again. So, uh, and that's basically what I did. I was able to, I was able to run my agency for over seven years, even close to 10 years, because I took a break in between after the seven years. I took about a one year break after the seven. Um, and that's it. It allowed me to be able to run my own servers, right? So, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't at the, um, you know, I wasn't being overseen by people like MailChimp. Like I owned the space, right? So yeah, I wasn't, yeah. you know, I wasn't being overseen by anything. I controlled my own space. I could send how much I want, as much as I wanted, and so on and so forth. So that's basically how I got into the game was start off as an ESP. I got fired, right? Decided to do it on my own. Why not? Yeah, and yeah, I did it because that's what I was because that's what I was really good at. I was really mm-hmm. good at building brands with affiliates, right? Because that's what people don't realize is that, you know, email, you know, email marketing before it was adopted by, you know, e-commerce and it was, uh, it was, you know, picked up in the mainstream, you know, it started probably picking up probably around like 2003 where companies started to pick it up really more. Um, but like anything else, everything always starts with affiliates. Affiliates are the ones who start everything, right? So. Mm-hmm. That's how I basically got started in this game where, you know, I basically took these affiliates, started brand them the same way you would in e-commerce, right? Because that's what you do in e-commerce. You brand, right? You brand, you build, you sell. Mm-hmm. That's what you mm-hmm. do. So that's basically what I did. So I figured, you know, might as well just do it for myself. And that's what I did. I just focused on wow. quality, really building those relationships, unlike, you know, the other affiliates and emailers that were just basically burning and churning. They were literally going through servers every couple of days, where, whereas I would have the exact same servers for seven plus years. Okay. You know, they were whitelisted with everything and I just managed it and that's basically it. Wow. Wow. It's, it's fascinating how you just sort of, you, you, your, your, your journey starts with getting sacked, right? Or fired. Uh, mine yeah. started exactly the same way. Got fired from my job. <laughs> just to it's be fair, story. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't technically fired. I left before I was, I, I just left. It mm-hmm. just saved me the grief of going, I got, I got, I was fired really. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we, we share that in common and then you, you start out on your own and you sort of, and here we are all these years later, still smiling about it. Right. And yeah. um, 
So you, you you sort of you get fired. You set up this uh, e- email service provider company. Are you still doing that, or have you have you moved on from there? So okay, so here's the thing. Okay, uh, running your own servers is a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and this is why again, this is why email service providers. And I say I ran an email service provider, right? But I didn't really run an email service provider because I didn't I didn't sell the service, right? You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that an email service provider is still an MTA, right? It's an MTA, which is a mail transfer agent, right? So here's the thing is that it's a lot of work to manage your own server because you have a lot of things to consider. You have to always be looking at the backend technical because um, that's what people don't realize with an ESP is that they're managing the backend. Mm-hmm. Okay, They manage the connections. They manage knocking on the door of Gmail. They manage knocking on the door of AOL. People don't realize that that's a job, right? And that's a real job, right? Mm -hmm. Just looking at SMTP responses, that's the responses from, you know, once again, you know, knocking on Gmail's door, seeing what they say. Are they letting you in? Are they saying, no, too many people, move on. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the true, like, in, in essence, like when you're looking at what defines a really good ESP is how good are their techs? Forget about all the, you know, bells and whistles of what they have. Who cares, okay? Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is, again, right, are you able to reach Gmail, Mm -hmm. right? Because, again, if you have Gmail users, is Gmail going to accept your email? Because that's phase one, right? Gmail's got to accept your email. And then then after that, it's up to your reputation to decide where that actually lands, if it's an inbox or spam, right? So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So this is why, you know, when ESPs came into play, it was, it was easy enough for people like you, you know, your grandmother, your mother, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? To just start emailing because you didn't have to, you didn't have to go get it. You didn't have to go get a server. You didn't have to bind the IPs. You didn't have to do the, the RDNS. You don't have to go through all that technical stuff that you have yeah. to go through, right? So, you know, this is why it's like, no, I don't do it anymore because it's too much work. Mm-hmm. But there is a time and a place for everything, right? Mm-hmm. So with a lot of companies that come to me that want to have their own space in their server, you know, you have to wait until you reach a certain level of revenue, right? Because it has to make sense, right? It has to make yeah, sense yeah. in order yeah. for you to, because again, you have to hire a tech, Right. You're going to have to hire someone to be able to manage that, because, again, mm-hmm. you can either be, you know, doing the tech side or you could be you know, actually working on your business. Yeah. Um, so this is why. So, you know, you have to look at the opportunity cost. So I always encourage people, listen, unless you're doing a million dollars a month in revenue, there is no reason for you to have your own server. OK, no so that, you would call that the cutoff point million bucks a month. Yeah, well, well, there's there's other factors, too. Right. But. As a whole, right? As mm-hmm. a whole, if you're just looking for something that's, uh, you know, uh, uh, just a basic rule of thumb, it's yes. If you're at a million dollars, then you have to should start considering because then you're going to be spending a lot of money on ESPs yeah, for yeah, no they're reason. Not cheap, are they? They're definitely not cheap ESPs. No, but the good thing is too is when you get to a volume, right? Is you have a lot more leverage with your ESP. People don't realize that. So that's the thing is that I came from the ESP world. I know that ESPs only make money when you send email and they want to keep you if you're sending a lot of email and you're, and you're not damaging their space. So this is why it's like you have leverage, whatever that pricing is on there, just use it as a guideline. Cause the minute you get, (laughs) you know, the minute you get to a point where you have good volume 
mm-hmm. and you're and you're and you have good engagement, the ball is all in your court, one hundred percent in your court. Yeah, now that's one of the things I've noticed actually. We um, with our ESP that drives some of our beauty businesses, uh, we we in a we got half price. We just basically called mm-hmm. them up and said, yeah, we're not we're not paying that. Um, I mean, we get on well with them. Don't get me wrong; they're lovely people. And and um, but we had a conversation, and yeah, a guideline I think is a good way to put it. When your volume is high enough, it's a guideline. Just call them up and have a conversation and see what they yeah. can do. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. um, so here's your background, right? ESP, mm-hmm. uh, and here I am, a little e-commerce business. I'm like, I'm not doing a million bucks a year, so I'm not going to set up my own uh, server. If I'm doing over a million, I'm definitely calling you and going, "What am I doing?" Right? That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. But until I get to that stage, um, I am I am I am looking for an ESP, right? An email mm-hmm. service provider. Uh, not extra what is it extrasensory perception um no no we're talking about email today um just in case you've just tuned in what is this channel uh so um so yeah so the email service providers how do i find a good email service provider what am i looking for uh, as a business well that's a good question right um first and foremost one of the first things you want to not do is ask people who they are using right so that's that's one of the things that that um which is normal right it's normal you know you ask questions okay well who are, who are you using but the one thing you want to understand first and foremost with um with understanding an email service provider is the fact that first and foremost remember they provide a service right it's in their name right they yeah, provide yeah. a service okay so it's un, it's important to understand that right it's important to understand that that is a relationship, okay? It's a relationship, so it takes two parties. So it's really important to sort of understand that, you know, again, this is this is a relationship. So when you're looking to find an email service provider, right, you're not just going to go by the one that, again, everyone's using, right, or that looks good, right? Uh, you want, because again, if you pick the wrong service provider, like a relationship, it's going to make your life miserable, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you pick the right one, you're happy for life. You pick the wrong one, you're going to be miserable. So it's important to understand that when you are picking an email service provider, the most important critical thing you want to focus on is your features. What features do you need? And this is something that a lot of people don't think about. What features is it that you need in order to run your business, right, and help you grow? Because the other thing you want to understand, too, is with an email service provider is you know, listen, you're not going to be stuck with this email service provider for life. So it's not like if you choose this one, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't look at it that way, right? Because like anything else, you're going to grow. The most important thing when it comes to choosing an email service provider is, again, you know, really looking at the features that you need um, and, also being an, uh, and also understanding the differences between email service providers afterwards in terms of understanding that there's going to be your churn ESPs, right? Like, the MailChimps, the Clavios, mm-hmm. uh, the Constant Contacts, like these are churn ESPs. And the reason why I call them churn ESPs is because if you look at their um, terms and conditions, and if you look, their, look at their acceptable user policy, they do not have any clear guidelines in terms of when they can kick you off, right? Mm-hmm. And this is major because I've had great clients be kicked off of Clavio for the only reason that they didn't like their content. Okay. And that is major. Again, your business partners, right? Yeah. Right. When you enter into a business partnership, right, you want to make sure that your guidelines are clear, mm-hmm. right? You want to make sure that, hey, Matt, if you get out of line, this is your guideline. 
you can't have something ambiguous, right? Yeah. And this true. is kind of what we're, and this is what we're seeing. I mean, you know, just look at, you know, MailChimp. MailChimp is like, you know, like I call FailChimp because they are, <laughs> you know, they are exactly that, right? If you look at their, you know, they're, they're a perfect example of, you know, your typical ESP that has, again, such a vague, right, uh, acceptable user policy, basically saying, well, you know, if we decide one day to get up and you know, we don't like you, we're just going to turn you off, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, it's, and they're very much against, you know, you know, hate speech and all that sort of stuff. But then, you know, long behold, you know, what's the first email I get from MailChimp? It's a, you know, it's a, an email from Black Lives Matters, you know, it's like, well, you know, again, there's like the hypocrisy in terms of like, well, wait a minute, you know, mm -hmm. you, you don't, you know, you don't, inf you know, you don't enforce this, right? You don't want this, but then again, you're enabling certain companies, you know what I'm saying? So it's important yeah, to yeah. understand the differences yeah. between ESPs, right? So you got your churn ESPs and then you got your growth ESPs. And your growth ESPs are ones that are going to have clear guidelines based on, all right, Matt, you want to grow your business? This is the guidelines you have to stick to in terms of you must have engagement. You must have, um, you know, uh, you must have, uh, you must, you know, respect the, the threshold for unsubscribes, feedback loops, and all those things, right? Those, because mm -hmm. those are the metrics that matter, yeah. right? You know, an ESP caring about your content is like, you know, the mailman refusing to, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, like deliver your, you know, deliver your guns magazine because he doesn't like guns, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, yeah. it, it's not the way it works, right? Yeah. So to answer your question, list your features. Your features are key. What features do you need to grow your business? Do you need easy integration? You need 24-hour whatever it is, support, right? Mm -hmm. You need triggers. You need split tests. You need all these things, right? List them and then obviously list them by priority. Because I can tell you this, I've been in the business for 15 years and I still have yet to find an ESP that has everything, right? <laughs> so you really do have to, you know, not say, not say that sacrifices, but you're going to have to basically limit, not limit, but list your choices based yeah, on yeah. what's... You're going to have to make some priorities, yeah. Exactly. You got to make those priorities and then, you know, basically just start. Because that's the most important thing is... You know, this is why I always tell people is, listen, don't get bogged down with all of this stuff. If MailChimp is the easiest one to start with, start with MailChimp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't like them, right? But if they're the easiest for you to start with and get used to it, do it for a month and then get off. We've done yeah. that with a lot of clients where, listen, because again, there's that apprehension of, oh, I got to, it's going to be so hard to find. Just start, start with yeah. the easiest one. Then in a month, we will move you. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You'll be all right. I always, yes. I was always, I always sort of have this saying in the back of my head uh, that I've always told my kids, um, and it's this: it's easier to turn a car when it's moving. Uh, mm -hmm. In other words, just start, just start moving, yes. just start doing something, and you can always turn right. You can always change exactly. direction. But if you stood mm -hmm. still, yeah, you're, you're not going anywhere, are you? So I like that. I like that philosophy, uh, which is mm -hmm. great. So we're going to list our features, and we're going to go uh, shopping at what you called the growth ones rather than the chill ones. Can you throw out some names? So for listeners, they're going to go, well, which ones are the growth ESPs? Have you got any examples of ones that you would look at? Uh, that, that's a good question. Uh, there's a couple of definitely some good growth ESPs. And this is the thing too, is even when you're going through some of the churn ESPs, I'm not saying avoid churn ESPs, by the way. I'm not saying mm. that. It's just, 
again, it's important to understand the devil that you're dealing with, right? That's the most important thing is understanding what you, there's nothing wrong with these churn ESPs. There's nothing wrong, right? Uh, but it's just important to understand. So um, some good, some good growth ESPs that I've used, uh, that I've used in the past. Uh, eMercury is definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. eMercury is a great growth ESP. Uh, Pure 360 is another one that's actually very, very good. Uh, Cheetah Mail we've used in the past. Like those ones are good. Uh, some of those like Cheetah Mail is a little bit more on the enterprise side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can actually share with you. I actually have a list of uh, 25 ESPs. I can't guarantee that which ones are growth ESPs because I haven't gone through all of them. But what I always do tell people as well is, listen, even with the churn ESPs, okay, the most important thing is you have a conversation with these people mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you know, you know, again, they, they have to put up a long list of things in their terms and the conditions, you know, in order to sort of avoid attracting a certain type of clientele, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is why, Trust me, I've, I've had I've had conversations with with ESPs where I'm going through their terms and conditions. I'm like, and listing. They literally have 45 like niches that are completely that are that are not approved. I'm like, okay, so tell me, what can we mail? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, maybe what that's can easier. We do so, you know, and you know, they always clearly say, listen, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, as I mentioned, you're the customer. The email service provider does not exist without you. So you have the control, you have the power. So once again, it's just a matter of just uh, redlining and lever- you know, redlining the parts that you don't like. So it's very clear. Okay, this is what mm-hmm. we do. We want to make sure that we're not going to be kicked off because you don't like our content. Mm-hmm. So as long as you redline that part, you know, then you should be good to go. You're good to go. Okay, so I am a young e-commerce business. I've done my research. I've gone and chosen my uh, email service provider. But of course, that's just the first part of a very long journey. Uh, And there are many things to think about. One of the things that you said right at the start, which I wanted to sort of uh, circle back on, was this idea of Gmail. You kind of knocking on Gmail's door and Gmail's Mm -hmm. deciding whether or not to let you in. Um, And I guess my question is, is Gmail, one of the ones that we should concentrate on. And what do you mean when you say Gmail's got to decide whether or not to let you in? Well, that's okay. So, so, so that's a loaded question. Okay. So what was the first, sorry, can you repeat the first half of your question? So G, you, you focused in on Gmail. Now I've read your book, so yes. I kind of know the answer. Um, but it's that kind of, um, this idea, in, if I was to ask most e-commerce companies, right? The people that sign up to your email list, what's the most common email domain? What's the most common email service? Uh, and lo and behold, it will be Gmail. Everybody says oh, most of my customers are Gmail, right? So the big holy grail, it seems, in email marketing is, can I, can I win on Gmail? Can I get my emails in their inbox? Um, and so that's, is that, is that a, a good perception to have? Uh, I guess would be my first question. Is, is Gmail at the top of the tree? Okay. So I hear a couple of things in that question. So what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing first is, is Gmail more profitable than other domains? Is that correct? Ooh. Okay. Let's that, go there. Let's, is, let's do that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that rephrase. Let's do that. So, um, I can tell you after eight years of following Gmail, Gmail is not the most profitable. Okay. Absolutely not. And I've tested this 
trust me, across thousands of different clients and niches. And the most, the most, the most lucrative one in terms of domains is Hotmail in terms of order. So you got Hotmail, you have AOL, which is the second and third, right? Third kind of uh, a little bit tied is uh, Gmail and Yahoo. So while yes, Gmail might make the greater landscape, okay? Mm-hmm. It might be, you know, obviously there's a lot of Gmail users. Hopefully that's going to change now, hopefully in the next couple of years, being the fact that people have woken up a little bit more to, you know, the Gmails of the world, the fact that they're, you know, monitoring and yeah. cataloging all of your emails, you know? Thanks they just that. do yeah, it. A, appreciate it. Yeah, they, they just do it a little bit differently. Like mm-hmm. Facebook is, you know, if Facebook does it right in your face when, you know, you say something, they'll deliver an ad, you know, two seconds <laughs> yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gmail... Google's not stupid. Google stores, and Google's like, Google's a woman, you know, she stores all that information, <laughs> you know, and then the day that she needs it, you know, well, you know, it's like you're having an argument mm-hmm. from like 20 years ago. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, let me go through that. Mm-hmm. I remember that from 20 years ago, you wow. know, that's yeah. what Gmail is. Gmail is cataloging. Not only are they cataloging, they're building a profile and they're selling all of that information, right? They're selling it. So hopefully people are starting to, you know, kind of wake up a little bit more with Gmail. Um, but uh, this is the thing is that, so yeah, Gmail does dominate the landscape, but it's not the most profitable. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't. It isn't at all. Okay. But again, it doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, it's important to understand that once again, the devil that you're dealing with. This doesn't mm-hmm. mean, okay, just don't deal with Gmail. Just go after AOL and, and Hotmail. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be great. You know, unfortunately, you know, trust me, I made, you know, I made the bulk of my success with AOL and Gmail. Mm-hmm. That's and Yahoo at the beginning, right? So it was mm-hmm. Yahoo, AOL, Gmail. Um, but again, right, you have to, there's not, you know, no one's opening up AOL accounts anymore, right? Because again, that, gonna, AOL that was user, one of the things that surprised me, actually, that AOL was still on the list. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, they're still around. That's interesting. Oh. Oh, hell yeah. You, oh, AOL, AOL, thank God for AOL. I'm telling you, AOL has gotten me out of so many bad times. Like, (laughs) you know, again, it gets a bad rap, but who cares? They buy, Mm -hmm. they complain, they they complain three times more than any other domain. So Mm -hmm. AOL is the biggest complainers. If you take like an AOL, a list of AOL compared to Gmail, yes, absolutely, right? And it's crazy. Like, this is what I love about email. What people don't understand is that you know, with email, you know, unlike, you know, uh, display advertising, with email, you actually get to see your people, right? Mm-hmm. I know that Matt's engaging. I know what Matt buys, right? I know where you spend your money, right? So again, once I know where you spend your money, I know, you know, your values and your desires and all that sort mm-hmm. of things, right? So that's why it's like people just, ah, you know, this is why I'm, you know, I, I wrote the book, why I created the course, because, you know, just to sort of show people the amazingness, right, that you can get through mm-hmm. email, just in terms of understanding your users, just by understanding your users and your, you know, your, your different types of subscribers, again, opens up a whole window of opportunity for you, just in terms of just being able to easily manage things yeah. a lot more. Yeah, I mean, that's great. That's, re- that's really insightful, though. So, most of your customers may have a Gmail address, but they're not necessarily yeah. the most profitable one. Look at yeah. your Hotmail and AOL customers. Uh, yeah. And I, I like this. I'm going to go and check. I mean, we don't get, in the UK, we still don't get many AOL uh, users. Um, 
but I'm intrigued to find out which domain is the most complaining uh, out of my customers. Yeah. That I I never would have thought to check that out. I am checking that out tomorrow. Uh, so uh, you know, <laughs> I think that's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So so okay, so we we we've sort of getting our head around uh, the domains, and you and you took a touch on this in the book, um, and I I thought this was really. Do you know when you have those moments where you're like, that is so simple and so good. Why have I not done this? Right. I have never sat down and gone through my email list and categorized people on the domain that I'm emailing. Do you know what I mean? I've not categorized them. Are they a Gmail user or a Hotmail user or anything like that? And looked at the stats. Um, and one of the things that I got from your book was actually you should you should absolutely do that, especially when. Uh, deliverability and open and all the sort of stuff which we're going to get into in the second half uh, and monitoring those stats. I, I think that's really, really, why have I not done that before? You know, I, you know, I'm, this is it. You know, one of the first questions I always ask is, you know, uh, and I can tell you nine out of 10 people don't know. So you are not, you know, you're, you're not the first. Um, Cause I always ask, what's your email list makeup? Right. Mm-hmm. And people will just be like, what? what, what are you talking about? It's like, well, yeah, what makes up your list? Right. This is, you know, and once again, like, I'm curious why, and I think just, this just comes down to just not knowing, right. What you don't know is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So, and I think that's what it just comes down to. Right. So again, Mm -hmm. once again, I came from that world, right. I came from that world where, again, you know, I, I was lucky to have started out in an ESP and was lucky that I had all these texts around me to sort of explain and, you know, navigate the, the crazy world. But I'm curious, why have you never thought about looking at your list, breaking down your list that way? I, I honestly, uh, Gabby, I'm, I was sat here going that asking that exact same question. I don't have an answer. <laughs> you did not. I, I, I can't sit here and go, well, let me just, uh, I just, I'm, I'm going, Surely, Matt, somewhere in your brain, you would have put two and two together and gone, you, this makes an awful lot of sense, right? When you see it written out in your book. Mm-hmm. That's why I need to read your book, Gabby. That's, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> so, so did you actually look at your email list makeup? No, not yet. Uh, this is tomorrow's job. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're getting okay. the teams get on a call tomorrow, 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. We're having a conversation. Yeah. Well, well again, it's, you know, this is why I always try to explain to people, listen, if you don't know your email list makeup, you're basically, it's like you're driving blind. Mm-hmm. You're literally driving blind. You don't know where you're going because yeah, if your email list makeup is, let's just say whatever, right? 40% Gmail and, you know, 30% Yahoo. Again, right? If you, if there's, and remember they don't, you know, the Yahoo's and the Gmail's don't speak to one another. That's what people mm-hmm. don't realize. Everyone think that, oh, in the online world, everyone, everyone's happy and they all live mm-hmm. in harmony. It's like, no, man it's still war like everyone is wants control power okay mm-hmm. gmail does not talk to yahoo okay so obviously yahoo and aol now are together because they were bought by verizon but so the three you know basically now the three majors right they don't speak to one another mm-hmm. they, they don't speak they don't collaborate so that's what people don't understand it's like they don't collaborate right so every single one of them and this goes back actually to your other question when you were asking about you know uh you know, Gmail accepting the the email, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and I'm not sure if you had gone through, uh, you know, the book, but in the book I have, you know, this, you know, this great little sort of, um, where is it here? It's great little 
image where it basically shows you like the reality versus, you know, the expectation of email yeah, versus the reality smart. of email, which again, you have those, you have those two filters that you basically have to go through, which is number one, right? Um, you know, the Gmails of the world, making sure that number one, you are the actual user, right? Authenticating, right? So that's how they accept your email. So when you go to Gmail and you knock on their door, Gmail is looking, mm, okay, wait a minute. Do they have their SPF records? DKIM, DMARC? Okay, they're good, right? They can come in, right? Yeah. So Gmail lets you in, right? But Gmail only lets you in, right? Right? So mm -hmm. Gmail's going to say, okay, can you come in? But now, right, who prioritizes you, right, in terms of inbox, uh, spam, or black holing isn't Gmail. Gmail doesn't decide where you go, right? Well, it kind of decides, but it decides based on your reputation, Right. Yep. So it's not based on, again, your email service provider, right? Because that's one question that people always ask is, well, what, what email service provider inboxes more? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, shit, you know, it's not 2001, you know, there's, it doesn't work that way anymore. Right. It doesn't, you know, you got, you got 450 billion emails that are sent a day. Yeah. Do you think that this is, this is not based on which ESP inboxes more? This is based on your reputation which again, gives you all the leverage, which is great. Like people don't realize that that's a great thing, right? Yeah. So, so the ESP know, is, gets you to the door um, yeah. and you get you thrown into the various different sections of, of Gmail. It's, it's up to you. It is up yeah. to you afterwards to build your email rep, right? So that you are basically, you know, you have a good reputation. This way Gmail is going to, you know, they'll, they'll let you through. That's, that's what it is, right? It's like Gmail right. is like, once again, it's like you're knocking on Gmail's door. It's like, listen, if if you come in with dirty, muddy shoes, they're not going to let you in, right? Right. But if you're clean, you got everything good, they'll let you in. Yeah, that's brilliant. Now, you've touched on this email rep, which we are going to get into in the second part of this podcast. But before we do that, uh, we're just going to take a quick break to say, uh, give a big shout out to this week's show sponsor. And in just a few seconds, Gabby and I will be back. Don't go anywhere. Let me give a big shout out to one of our show sponsors, Curious Digital. You know what? I love its flexibility. It's such a great platform. You know how when you start out, you might typically use an online platform because they're cheap, they're easy to use, super accessible. But you know what? They aren't that flexible. And as your business grows, you end up moving to an agency, right? because that's just what you do. And at some point, you're going to have this nightmare to deal with, and it can be incredibly expensive. And the thing for me that I love about KD is it will grow with you. You can start out on the platform easily, and as your business grows, then KD will adapt with you. Now, I don't know of any other platform that does all of that. So if you're in the market for a new e-commerce platform, make sure you follow the links from mattedmondson.com. Take advantage of the offers that they've got for you and uh, let me know what you think. Well, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> Thank you, Curious Digital. I, I don't quite understand what happened to my voice then. Uh, <laughs> we were listening to that music. I saw you swaying then, Gabby. Uh, there's yes. just something quite chilling about that music that they play on that advert, which is absolutely fantastic. Now, um, 
if you are watching this live, if you're joining us on the live stream, uh, whether that's on YouTube or Facebook, or uh, if you're watching the catch-up videos, you can ask questions in the comments. Do say hi. Don't be shy. Uh, be great to uh, connect. Uh, and if you've got any questions for Gabby, do fire them off because we would love to hear them. We're going to do the Q&A session towards the end. Now, before we got into uh, that smooth bit of jazz music there, uh, you started to use this phrase. You used it a couple of times, email rep. And this is something that came across time and time again in the book. Like it was, you know, uh, it was one of the big takeaways from your book is this whole idea of email reputation. Uh, you said in your book, and I'm going to quote you now, um, the only thing stopping your emails from being seen, uh, oh, sorry, the only thing stopping your emails from being seen by 1,000 or 1 million subscribers is two words, email reputation. That's what That's what you sort of put it down to. And I thought, you know what, I want to get into this because I've heard a million people talk about subject lines, should you use emojis and all that sort of stuff. You went straight in at this whole email reputation thing, which no one I think has ever talked about. And I'm like, this is going to be cool. So what do you mean when you say email reputation? So, so that's a good question. So, you know, first, let me just say this, even though email has been around since what, 1997, right? Over mm -hmm. 20 years, um, there is still there's we're talking about decades of misconception right which is you know exactly the reason why i wrote the book i was like i wrote the book because i was like there's too many misconceptions out there everyone right it's everyone that has an email list or is thinking about an email list like this is your foundation like this is like my 15 years all into like one and i've i've redone this book like literally like five times to make it like super <laughs> simple so everyone could understand right like literally you know, I want it to be so a 10 year old could pick it up and be like, oh, OK, mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. Right. So getting back to your question. Right. So. Um, so I'm curious. OK, how is it? OK, so you've been doing e-com, right? And mm -hmm. so I always like to sometimes get a little bit more kind of insights. But I'm curious. You've never heard the term email reputation, right? Oh, I've heard it. Don't, sorry. Let, let me just clarify. I've heard it. I. OK. I've I would say I've it's like way down the list of things that I've heard though. It's not, okay. it's not where I think you think it should be, if that makes sense in terms of priority. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it makes sense. Okay. So you've heard of it. Okay. So the, the, the term is not foreign. You, you've heard of it. So, and, and that's the thing, right? So again, it comes down to, you know, misconception because people don't understand how things work. And again, it, it's really, really easy to, you know, undervalue things or when you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So, and like anything else, right? Reputation is key, right? Because again, you know, you know, back in the day when email first started, you know, filters, right? The, the again, like there's 450 billion emails that go out daily. That's expensive to maintain. Yeah, that's expensive because again, yeah. you're talking about you're talking about it costs hundreds of millions of dollars to to maintain that infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, back in the day. You know, this is why, you know, when I when I got started in this industry in 2006, you know, that's where everything started to change, where now it started to become about reputation, right? Where, mm. Because again, like the, the Gmails and the Yahoos of the world needed a way, right, to prioritize email, right? Or else, again, how are they going to make sure that you are not getting, uh, you know, malicious emails? That's how they avoid malicious emails is, again, one way through authentication. And then it's like, well, you know, how else do we do it, right? How, how else do we prioritize emails, yeah. right? So Hotmail back in the day, right? 
Hotmail was one of like the biggest gangster back in the day. Like they were the mob. Like you could pay them. You could pay them 15 grand a year to inbox. Oh, wow. We paid them, right? But grant, but then things change, right? Of course, like mm. everything else. But you know, at the beginning, you know, Hotmail basically came up with this concept and we all know who behind, who's behind, you know, Microsoft and, and Hotmail and all that sort of stuff, right? So they wanted to be paid right yeah they created the return path they wanted to yeah. be paid right so if you money. paid them right it still didn't guarantee because again they make their own rules right but everyone else needed a way to be able to filter emails so mm -hmm. like anything else right like when you run an ad right you know how, how do they you know they base your ads based on you know maybe not reputation but they still give you a score it's still based on the reputation you have are you positive or negative reputation mm -hmm. so everything is based always on reputation you know, so email is no different. It's just the fact that people don't understand it, right? And I always break down email in three simple ways. Like I always say three things every single day, right? Say three things to my, my students every day, which is what's the number one objective of email? And I repeat this. What's the number one objective for email, okay? Number one objective for email is protect your rep. How do you protect your rep? You always be engaging. How do you engage? You sell the click. That is all you ever, even if you've never emailed, if you've been emailing for 10 years, just knowing those three little simple things, that's it. You will be ahead of everyone else. So let's, let's say that again. So you, you're, the most important thing is your email reputation. No, no, you... no. What is, no. What's your number one object? If I, if I asked you, Matt, what's the number one objective for your emails? What's the number of, what is it? Right now, what's your objective? Uh, I, now you've told me the answer. Uh, I'm going to say I, email reputation. I'm just going to answer that to every question. <laughs> okay, but, but what, what would you have beforehand, said beforehand? I would have if said, I, I would have looked at things like, um, <clears throat> things like open rates, click-through rates, and ultimately how much revenue did that email bring? There you go. So you're looking at sales, right? Of course mm -hmm. you think sales. You're like, of course I want sales. Well, yeah, of course you want sales. Who <laughs> right but that's a byproduct right mm -hmm. it's a byproduct it is not your focus it's like anything else when you're when you're on a boat right when you're in your boat right this is why you always have to have an objective right you have to have an objective if you're on a boat right and your objective and what happens you know if your objective is to go whatever it is straight ahead but you start veering you start looking towards the side mm -hmm. where's the boat gonna go the boat's gonna start going towards the side yeah. right yeah because if you've ever canoed or sailed you know that you have to stay clear on your objective because yeah. if you don't and you start to veer you're gonna veer off right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this is why very clear okay i don't care yes sales will be there don't worry right again it's almost like you're trying to put the cart before the horse listen it, don't worry okay mm -hmm. because again you never and this is why i always tell people is you never want to sacrifice your reputation right because if you're sacrificing your reputation for a quick sale Again, it's not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. So this is why the number one objective is always protect your rep. Protect your rep, build your rep, right? That's what you want to mm -hmm. do, right? So yep. that's your objective. That is your objective. So what's your objective for emails? Protect your rep. Okay. How do you protect your rep? You always be engaging, right? And how do you engage in an email? You sell the click. That's it. That is That's it. That's the three-step process right there. So when that you say it. when you say sell the click, 
what because again this is a phrase that you you put in in, in the book quite a few times and I, I have to be honest with you I quite like this uh, <laughs> I, what just explain to the listeners what do you mean when you say sell the click it may sound obvious but let's let's deep dive into this a little second Okay, sure. So very, very simple, right? One of the biggest, um, one of the biggest hurdles people have, um, especially in e-com world, in the e-com world, everyone's always afraid of writing an email. Mm-hmm. They're afraid, right? Because they're like, I don't know how to sell. I have to sell a product. And it's like, once again, right? Like, just, just think about it. Is it easier? Is it easier to sell a product in an email or is it easier to sell a click in an email? Which one is easier? Which yeah, one is well, easier? Say, well, you're going to say sell the click, aren't you? Because it's a much smaller step. Well, but there you go. But that's, again, because why is it that you want to sell the click? What's your number one objective for email? Uh, protect your rep. Exactly. It's protect your rep, right? Because, again, when you protect your reputation, right? More people see your emails, right? So let's just say right now you only have 10 people that click on your emails. Well, guess what? If you protect your, if you, if you protect your rep, right? If you make engagement, your number one goal, right? Mm-hmm. If you make engagement, your number one goal, right? And you always engage, right? You're not going to go from 10 clicks, right? To let's just say 30 clicks. What would an extra 20 clicks do for your business, right? Yeah, it's massive, That's the it? point. Yeah, that's the point, right? It's you have to understand email's place in the online world, right? Email's place in the online world is just a display medium, right? It is, it is get a user from point E to point B, yeah. right? You don't have to reinvent the wheel by saying, oh, you know, I, I hear people all the time. Should I have a long copy? Should I have short copy? Should I do this? Should I do this? Like, why are you assuming? Why do you assume? Do you assume that your that the brakes in your car work when you get into it? You don't assume, right? Mm-hmm. You know if they work, right? You don't assume anything. You, that's the thing that sort of drives me. It's kind of one of my pet peeves whenever people assume things in email because it's like, why are you assuming? You literally have the ability to literally test so many different variables at your fingertips mm-hmm. whenever you want because you have an audience ready to go wanting to hear from you. Yeah. The only thing that is stopping you from sending that email is you saying, oh, I mean, people, I mean, I, they're going to get annoyed if I send an email. It's going to upset people. Who, that, who cares? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not saying who cares, but I'm saying look at the stats, right? Yeah. Don't assume. Yeah. Don't yeah. assume anything. Let the data help you. Right? Don't assume anything. Just, you know, you have the tools, you have the knowledge to succeed, right? Now it's just a matter of, you know, again, just, looking at the stats. Maybe you don't have a good audience, right? Because we've noticed that a lot too with, with especially in e-commerce stores, right? E-commerce stores, you know, we started to notice a, a big problem with audiences when um, people started jumping on the Wheelio bandwagon, you know, the spin to win type of band uh, that, that pop up. Yeah. Um, so we've got this We've got it in terms of, I love this idea of, uh, you know, you're wondering whether to send long emails, short emails and all this sort of stuff. Just do a test and see what, see what happens. The main thing that you're looking for then is this idea, this, this engagement, this um, selling the click, this idea that actually getting someone to click uh, on the email is super important. One of the things that you said in the book um, about this whole thing about engagement, which again, really struck me was, 
I, I can't remember exactly how you phrased it, but something like even if they've gone through the double opt in, you know, uh, and done everything to get on your email list, people don't actually want your emails. You've got to give them a reason to want to read it, to want to engage. Yeah. Is that is that have, oh, I, have I have I understood that right from your book? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's it. So a lot of people, right. Have this and you, and you sort of hear this buzzword nowadays, right. When everyone's like give value. Right. And it's like, so, so, so that's the buzzword now is value <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Right. Absolutely. Right. You mm -hmm. want to give people value. Right. Because again, right. Like anything else, why would people read again? You have to give someone a reason to, to read your email. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to this whole value deal, right. What people aren't really understanding with this, because that's, you know, that, that, so that's, that's what kind of gurus kind of jump on that bad bandwagon. And it's important to understand that the word value here isn't about what you value as a company. It's your subscribers, what they value. Okay. And that is once again, right? And I've seen this because this is this is where really, really we we sort of like excel and where we focus, right? Is the fact that, you know, like everything else, we focus on the we focus on understanding your subscribers, right? We we show you how to understand your subscribers, right? Because every single email list, because remember, people signed up to your email list for a pain or desire, mm -hmm. right? Right. So they have values, right? Mm -hmm. They have values, they have things that are important to them. And the good thing is that. Every single email list, right? Every single email list, typically you have between about three to five dominant, uh, you know, avatars, you know? So it's not like you have, you know, a hundred different values, right? You have typically the heart, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the heart of your, uh, of, your, of your list, right? Because I always explain email marketing like a tree, right? So you, have your, you have your list, which is like the, the trunk and you have the roots, which are your subscribers. Right. And that's the heart of your tree. Right. Like anything else, they're coming, they're signing up to your email list because they want to fulfill. They're trying to either relieve a pain. Right. Or fulfill a desire. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's up to you to understand why they have that pain or desire. It's not enough that you know that pain and desire. Right. You know why people come to you. Right. You know why people sign up to your uh, to your email list. Right. You're solving their e-commerce problems. Why mm -hmm. is it. Right that they started their own e-commerce, right? That's what people don't go into is, well, they signed up to learn e-com. Well, okay, but what is it, right? What yeah. drove them? What was the value that drove them to start their own e-commerce store? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it doesn't, totally. you, don't, you don't have a hundred different reasons. Usually you you know what I'm saying? You have mm -hmm. three to five, even less than that, right? Yeah. You have core reasons. And that's the thing is to understand what is it that, those, right? What do your subscribers value, right? Are they motivated by money? Are they motivated by service? What motivates them, right? It's, it's not just everyone thinks, well, it's just money that motivates. No, money's not a motivator. It, it's, again, money's a byproduct, right? Yeah. It's not a motivator. If you try to motivate me, like put a hundred million dollars in front of me to run an agency now, I'd be like, oh, hell no. You could offer me a trillion dollars. I'd say no. <laughs> There is no amount of money in this world. You know what I'm saying? So this yeah. is it. Money is not my motivator, right? It's a great byproduct, whatever. You need it to survive, live, all that stuff, right? But it's not my motivator. So that's yeah. the important thing is value, right? And I always say this, right? When you understand what makes your users, uh, users tick, 
you know, it's easy to get them to click mm -hmm. because you know what makes them tick. And that's all that it comes down to. So it doesn't matter, you know, and this is the same way too, how you, you know, how you, how you avoid writing salesy copy or always depending on discounts. Cause that's another big thing, right? That e-commerce mm -hmm. stores have is, well, how do we avoid giving discounts all the time? Cause I hate that, right? It's like yeah. you're conditioning users to only, right? You, you condition users to only buy when you give discounts. Mm -hmm. And not to say that there isn't a time and a place for that, but again, what you condition, you enable. Yeah. So you really, really want to be careful with what you're actually conditioning users, right, to do. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, right, your email is your back end, right? Yeah. It's, it is the, unless you love paying for ads. If you love paying for ads, keep paying for ads, right? <laughs> but, you know, if you're anything like me where I don't like yeah, paying I, for ads, no, no. okay? No, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> then you want to build a strong back end, mm -hmm. okay? You want to build it. And yes, it takes a little bit more time. I'm telling you, the difference between the amount of time that it just takes for people to take that extra week, like when we, when I was running the agency, uh, when we were doing this for clients, it would take us two weeks to like build proper advertise, uh, avatars for clients, right? And some clients would be like, why is it taking so long? It's like, listen, it's two weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's two weeks to do it, but it's two weeks to set a foundation that you never have to worry about afterwards. Yeah. Like you had all the keys to the kingdoms where you can literally write copy in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You have a promotion, no problem. Copy, 10 minutes, done. You mm -hmm. know what to do because you understand your people, right? Yeah, no, that's excellent. And that's, that's all it comes down to. Yeah, very, very good. So I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving this, right? Make your emails engaging. Protect your right. Make your emails engaging. Sell the click. Understand yes. your customers. Um, know what their values are and write towards that. One of the, th I mean, we've not got into any specific tactics, but one of the things that, one of the tactics that did come out from your book that I quite liked was you mentioned about on the, the buttons that you put in there that you want people to click. Don't just put uh, more info or find out more. You're, you like, let's use emotion. Let's convey emotion uh, in, in that idea. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this comes back to understanding the values of the customer to know, uh, I guess, what emotion to convey in that button. Would that so, be yeah, so, so, so that's good. So it actually, it's, it's actually much simpler than that. Right. So once again, so people, for some reason, treat email, like it's a different entity altogether, right. Which doesn't make any sense. Right. Like sometimes like I'll open up and uh, trust me, I've got, I've got friends that are great marketers, fabulous marketers, but I look at some of their emails. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you are literally, it's like, what is it about email marketing that you think is so different? People are still viewing it on, right? They're still viewing it, you know, on mobile, right? Mm -hmm. In a browser. Like, like, it seems like for some reason they forget all the rules. It's like, would you put a long URL, right, in an email? You know, sometimes you see like the, the, yeah, instead yeah, of having a yeah. button, they'll have like a yeah. full would you put a full URL with X, Y, Z dot, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's like, a hundred different characters. Would you put a hundred different characters as your call to action on a sales page? Yes or no? No, never. So then why are you doing it in an email? Mm -hmm. You know what, so you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, question. It, this is what I'm saying is email is a display medium. Mm -hmm. It's no different. This is why it's like when I see guys that are amazing, you know, amazing marketers, amazing at doing, and then you see them on email sites. Like, what are you doing? Did you just lose all like, 
you know, for some reasons, you know, they just lose all sense of, you know, the rules in terms of display. It's like email mm -hmm. is no different. Okay. It's still a display medium, right? The yeah. same rules apply, meaning that, you know, again, when you're on desktop, the same rules apply. You want everything above the fold, right? That's prime real estate, right? It doesn't change, right? So, and going back to the calls to action, it's like anything else, right? Like, it's same deal on a on a web page or on a sales page. You know, you want to put um, an action verb in there, right? Yeah, because yeah. again, the whole point of a call to action is to get people to act, yeah. right? So, obviously, it's always best to have an emotion. But at the end of the day, what's most important is it's a verb, right? It's mm -hmm. an action verb, right? It's getting someone to the next one. You're not just going to say click here, okay? Well, sometimes click here is applicable right sometimes mm -hmm. in some cases mm -hmm. but you know what i'm saying there's there's a big difference between saying click here and okay uh yes to change your life you yeah. know that's more powerful yes i want to change my life mm -hmm. yes you know so i think the more important thing is is not so much to really focus on the calls to action it's to more it's more about understanding that the rules for these email is the same rules for display the mm -hmm. same rules for display that you have for whatever it is, sales pages, web pages, the same rules apply for email. There's yeah. no difference. That's really good. Well, that's really good. Um, I, I'm aware of time uh, and I'm aware that we've just literally scratched the surface uh, of, of a, a whole bunch of this sort of stuff. Um, so, Gabby, let's let's let me ask you maybe one final question here. Um What's one thing that, you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff tonight. What's one other thing maybe that you just want to throw into the mix here that we've not touched on that you maybe want, want people to know? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, yeah, I thought I'd throw that on you. Sorry. <laughs> um, in all honesty, my, my, my biggest thing is, is to really, really reinforce the fact that um, it's just the email reputation. I, I think we've covered a lot. I think we've already covered a lot and I can literally talk about email for, for hours, but uh, the most important thing that I always, always try to reiterate with people is understand, okay, that it's all about your email reputation. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's hundred percent all, all about you and that you control that mm -hmm. you control the ability to, you know, go from, you know, not hitting the inbox and not being prioritized and getting low clicks to, you know, being prioritized and getting good clicks, right? Just by understanding, again, those three simple principles that literally anyone, even if you haven't read the book, okay? Even people that I haven't read the book, I'm like, listen, it, you don't even have to read the book just by knowing all you need to do is sell the click. People are like, oh, yeah. you know, wow. That like, you know, you can, you can even sense the weight being lifted off their shoulders when you tell them, listen, sell the click. I'll sell mm -hmm. the product, sell the click. And it just becomes much easier. So those are the points that I just really, really like to reiterate is just understand yeah. that it's all about your email reputation. Okay. Understand that it's all about engaging and that all you need to do is just sell that click. That's it. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. And there's a lot of hard work that goes behind making it that simple, but it, I, I like how you've boiled something which people just sweat at, right. And just really struggle with into that straightforward concept and framework. And actually take care of that and all the other stuff starts to take care of itself. Listen, Gabby, it has been absolutely wonderful to talk to you about this. You have brought such a fresh angle on email. I've loved it. I've loved, loved, loved it. How do people who are watching the show or who are listening to the, the audio version of this or maybe watching it on Cash App, how do people get a hold of you? How do they connect with you? What's the best way to do that? 
very simple. You just go to emailmaverick.com, right? So you can uh, go there. You can uh, visit the site. You can pick up the book if you like. Uh, we also have an email masterclass that uh, people can uh, people kind of sign up to as well. That's which is pretty much gay. We'll say it's pretty much geared towards e-commerce. Uh, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, pretty much all of email is really e-commerce, regardless mm -hmm. if you're an affiliate or influencer. So. Uh, so that's available too. Uh, we are getting off most of the big platforms now. We are sort of just, uh, uh, we're kind of getting off of Facebook and things like that. So um, I am looking, because we did have a Facebook group, but I'm looking at kind of getting, getting rid of that. So uh, yeah. we're going to be mostly on uh, Telegram. And of course, you can always sign up to my email list because that is where people are going to, that's, that is, and that is actually, where I'm directing would, everyone to go. Yeah. yeah that's the one thing <laughs> I think everybody listening to the show should do because, um, yeah, I, I'm always a fan of, you know, if you have an email expert on go sign up to their email list because you're going to see actually yeah. this stuff in action, right? If you have a, if you have a Facebook expert on go sign up to their Facebook page, cause you're going to see this stuff in action. And so I, I would definitely encourage you. Was it emailmaverick.com? Head there and sign up to Gabby's email list. That's what I'll be yeah, doing. I, I, yeah, I, I would definitely say do not look at all of my emails for all of like, I give you information in my emails, but I like to trick a lot of people when I actually create my emails. So that's, that's one thing is be very mindful about what you okay. copy. Okay. Especially in my stuff, because I know exactly that that's what people are doing. So I like to test people the same way that I test my clients and my students. Mm -hmm. I'm like, uh -uh. if you're just following me, it's like, don't follow what I do. All right. Mm -hmm. Don't follow what I be very mindful of that. That's just kind of a warning. That's very good. <laughs> very good. Uh, and the course is available at emailmaverick.com as well. I take it. Yes. Yes. And the book is available. The book is $27. You can get the audio version as well. The audio version, you can just sit back and relax, listen to it for a couple, for two hours. It's not that long, but yeah. it's, it's packed with, I mean, you've read it. So yeah, you know it's, -packed. it's very, very easy read, very quick, very practical. Um, and I've, I didn't listen to the audio version, but I did read the book. Uh, uh, but um, no, I can highly recommend it. Do do check it out. Email Maverick. Listen, Gabby, thank you so much for being on the show. As I said, it has been an absolute privilege and pleasure. Uh, thanks for taking the time it's to fun. speak to us and just adding so much value. It's been great. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much, Matt. And hopefully, yes, uh, be happy to be back whenever you like. Talk more Absolutely. email. I'm sure you will <laughs> definitely be back. There's a lot more conversation, <laughs> but thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, yes. Gabby. Thanks. Well, wasn't Gabby absolutely fantastic? Uh, I hope you got a lot of value out of that because I'm sure, I'm sure you did. I know I did, right? Uh, I love it when guests come on and just just give us insane amounts of value. Uh, and Gabby was just no exception, was she? Just insane amounts of value there. So, uh, as Gabby said, you can check out her website. You can sign up to the email. We will put links and show notes together for you. Uh, so you can get a hold of those if you're driving or you can't take notes. Just head on over to the website, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 52, because this is episode number 52, uh, and you'll get all that for you. Wow. Good. Thanks, Gabby. That was a great show. You know, it's always my aim whenever I speak to guests to find some real practical nuggets that I can use on my own e-commerce website. I got lots today. I'm going to go and do that whole domain thing uh, and figure all that out. That's going to be good. Sell the clicks going to become the new motto. We're going to try a few different ideas in our email and see how we get on. I hope you got some great stuff out of it too. If you did, then I would certainly appreciate it if you could rate the show on iTunes and even share it out wherever, you know, wherever you, wherever you do sharing, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, we just really appreciate it so we could connect with more folks around the world. As I said uh, just a minute ago, I'm just going to reiterate it now. All of the notes, links and transcript to today's show are online and you can get them for free at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 52. So all that's left for me to say is thanks for listening. Make sure you come back next week as we get to interview some more great guests on how to grow our own online businesses. My name is Matt Edmondson. Thanks so much for watching. We'll be back again very, very soon. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips, and tools for building your business online.